0: Welcome back to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. On today's episode, I'll be talking about gratitude for indoor plumbing, for uh, not having a toothache, for many things. And how do we use gratitude when we also are actually looking for how do we get better? So how do we reconcile both the gratitude for what we have and the desire for more? Stay tuned. Here we go. You are listening to The Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Wow, I just realized I'm wearing the same shirt (laughs) I was wearing in that intro that was recorded like 10 years ago. Okay, so maybe it's time to get a new shirt. Or just be grateful for this one lasts so long. That's it, yeah. So, um, gratitude. I, in my most recent uh, uh, newsletter, wrote a little... Brief story about how in the past few days, weeks, we've had some well issues. We live in a little country house up here in Ulster County, and um, you know most most everyone up here uses a well, and uh, and ours has always been rather uh, unproductive. It's run dry a few times. Uh, there's a lot of drought going on right now, as you're probably aware, not just here in this vicinity, but lots of parts of the United States. So, um, not surprising. And ours has been r- running dry more regularly than just recently. So we had a guy come out and look at it. And he said, well, yeah, it's um, it's not doing very good. It's filling up at a slow rate. He could measure it with his good old-fashioned common sense. I don't know exactly. He dropped a penny in it and listened for how long it took, and et cetera. Anyway, we, we um, made some changes. But finally, he came out and said, well, we don't. We don't need to re-drill a new hole. We just need to um, make this one more, more productive. So they did this thing called hydro surging, I believe it was called, where they would bring the same rig that they would drill it with, but instead of using a drill bit, they put like this rubber plunger at the bottom of this apparatus and just put a lot of chlorine in it and plunged it for hours and hours and hours for three days. And yeah, it's working better. It tastes a little chloriney at this point, but. Um, <laughs> we're working on that but still it's it's amazing to have running water where for days you know we were flushing the toilet by putting pouring pouring a bucket of water down the toilet thankfully it still worked when you did that yeah that could have been worse and you know showering was impossible the pump just was removed from the well so it just there was nothing no running water whatsoever so we are you know getting bottled water from Lowe's home store and you know heating it on the stove if we wanted it to be warm and whatever. So it was it was an eventful, interesting week, which made me all the more grateful to have indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing is one of those things that we often take for granted. You know, my wife and I often give thanks for indoor plumbing. And, and I remember once, I mentioned this in the newsletter, um, a number of years ago, I was working with this power team um, doing a basket brigade for Thanksgiving and you know we all gathered at this house and people were putting together baskets to give out to people who needed needed the food and um the leader of the team wanted us to get together as a, as a group and sort of state what we're grateful for and of course everybody was saying the kind of of course things that we're all grateful for you know life family children etc yeah it's all good nothing wrong with that um but when they got to me i was a little surprised How much they laughed as if i was joking when i said i was grateful for indoor plumbing i mean it was a it was a guffaw people were were laughing um but i'm absolutely serious about it (laughs) absolutely because it wasn't that long ago it wasn't that long ago really that we didn't have that i mean we as people in this country and other countries probably still don't have running water um we we take it for granted you know, we take it for granted that we get up in the morning and turn a faucet on and potable water comes out. It's nothing that should be taken for granted. It's kind of miraculous. There's a show on was on PBS a while back called How We Got to Today or How We Got to Now, something like that. Um, really interesting show. Fascinating, really. show. if you can look it up and watch it, it's, it's totally fascinating. It's about, you know, kind of everyday people you or me type of everyday person, not Leonardo da Vinci, not uh, you know Newton or something like that, but everyday people who who made discoveries or inventions that changed the way we live. As an example, um, clear glass wasn't a thing. And in Italy at one point, um, 500 years ago, something like that, um, the king said, okay, all you glass makers, you gotta live in this one part. So we don't want you all spread around and doing all this glass making you're just you know put you into this little glassmaker enclave. I don't know why, but that was, it did, it did happen. And so they started talking with each other, these different glassmakers. And somebody noticed that if you put, I don't know, something like potash in the yellow glass, that it, it became clear. They had never done that before. Suddenly they had clear glass. So they could do things like, you know, glasses that were clear and mirrors and they were starting to, see themselves in stark, realistic mirrors. And so that's one of the things that they said gave gave rise to the Renaissance, people started looking at themselves going, whoa, that's interesting. And, and and having more self-reflection, if you will. But they also created lenses for the first time and people could wear glasses and see that they couldn't see before. You know, it's like, oh my God, I can see again. And then put two lenses together and made telescopes and people like Galileo was were able to see the, The moons around Jupiter, I mean, it changed everything. Now I'm talking to you on a computer, the screen is is glass. You know, the phones are clear glass. You know, it's we take this for granted, but it has changed the world. And it was because of these people put together. The same thing with potable water. Um, Back in the day, 100 years ago, not that long ago, uh, they did have indoor plumbing, but it wasn't necessarily... Places like in Chicago, as an example, they turn the faucet on and dead fish would come out because they're putting the sewage in the same place they're getting the water from. It wasn't the best system. And I don't know, maybe it was 150 years ago, but some somewhere along the line, somebody used those lenses, aforementioned lenses, to, to look, you know, microscopically at water. Notice that there's little microorganisms in there, and uh, wasn't widely known, but scientists were a little ahead of the curve and noticed these things. People didn't quite believe these invisible things could cause a problem. But this one fellow whose, whose dad died of cholera said, well, gosh, maybe it's those little buggers. So he he found this incredibly caustic stuff, which was in our well till just recently, the chlorine, deadly gas, if you were to fall into a vat of chlorine you'd be dead instantaneously it's deadly stuff but um he took a micro dosage of that put it into a, a gallon of water you know a couple drops in a gallon of water and it and it killed all those little microorganisms you could tell under a microscope but it didn't uh, harm him any to drink the water it was, and also it evaporated eventually as well so he said i have an idea <laughs> there's all this cholera epidemic apparently something like that was going on so he he got a bunch of this chlorine stuff he put it into a rowboat and rowed out into the middle of the reservoir i think it was jersey city new jersey and um, without asking anybody dumped it in there and i think at first they they were a little suspicious because he was pouring this poisonous stuff into the city's drinking water and um, he explained what he was doing it for but they had no real proof of that. And until the water became potable and everybody was okay, And pretty soon, I believe, if I remember correctly, within about a year, most cities in the United States were doing that, including Chicago, which was no longer having that same issue, thank heavens. So these are the kinds of things we take for granted. You know, I I recently I'm I'm standing sideways because I have this big ass scar here. I'm trying to avoid you having to see it. I had some, you know, skin cancer little removed. It was uh, the squamous cell in CITO and cyto. So it's not terrible um, and caught it early kind of thing. So they were just able to basically scrape it off the surface of you own, got down deep enough to make sure they got it all. And then they sewed it back up again. It's it's a pretty ugly little scar, but it'll be much better. But isn't that amazing? I mean, again, 150 years ago, they didn't do that. They didn't know how to do that. People died of tooth decay, you know. P- literally, people died of, of bad teeth. You know, we have dentistry. So many things we take for granted. Uh, in the in the newsletter article, I mentioned a, a little quote of um, Milton Erickson, where he said to a client who was complaining about various things, he said, "Do you have a toothache?" And they said, uh, "What?" No. They're confused. They're you know <laughs> sort of. Caught off guard. Pattern interrupt. Oh, no, I, I don't have a toothache. He said, "Isn't that nice?" And it's it is. Have you ever gotten a toothache and then like, like it's like throbs and it's like oh, your whole world is like I can't you no. Know? Then you get it fixed and stop thinking about it. Paper cuts, same thing. It's like this little stinking thing hurts so much, but bandaid on a few days later it's gone. You don't think about it anymore. But how many times do we give thanks? That we don't have a toothache or we don't have a you know ingrown toenail or whatever when we don't have those things we don't do it because we don't think about it so one of the things i like to do on a regular basis is to revisit the morning questions i've told you about these before in previous podcasts but basically the idea is this that your brain the human brain all brains probably have a system in it to, to focus on what it deems to be important um, i believe it is referred to as the reticular activating system but it is the kind of thing that illustrated uh i could, I could t- tell you a little story back in 1985 approximately i needed a car and so i looked in the back pages of the village voice this was a thing back then you could do that they had ads back then <laughs> prior to the internet they had things called newspapers and so anyway so i looked in the back of the new york of uh, the village voice and i saw an ad for a 1977 Datsun 210. I think that's right. Datsun 210. Pretty sure that's right. And I had never heard of it. I'd never heard of that car. I'd never seen the car. Never knew anybody who had that car, but it was advertised. It was about the right price range. And so I went and took a look at it. It was kind of cool. The guy put a different engine in it. It was really great. So um, price was right. I, I bought the car. And suddenly I started seeing Datsun 210s everywhere. I mean, like they were the most popular car in New York. Who knew? <laughs> it seemed that way. I was driving along. Hey, saw somebody else with it. How you doing? They're waving at me. Got some 210 family. Who knew. So our brains start noticing things that we deem to be important. Um, it has to do long ago when the survival mechanism. just, you know you have to focus on the thing that was important. So it's 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 a, it's a survival thing. But it's really true. And if you stop and think about it. One of the ways that we can influence what we focus on is by asking questions, isn't it? So, for instance, if I asked you right now to look around the room that you're in and notice, could you please notice everything that you're in around you that's made out of metal or clear glass or any number of things, you could say, oh, what what is metal in here? You start looking around and noticing metal things. And then, if you closed your eyes and said, "Okay, now now that you've looked around for everything metal, with your eyes closed, tell me everything you saw that's green," you wouldn't be able to do it very well. You'd probably notice some things, but then other things would escape your attention. I used to do that very exercise with people in my office in Brooklyn that was painted yellow, and also had a big red sofa, a leather sofa. It wasn't mine. <laughs> office came furnished, but nevertheless, this enormous red leather sofa on it so people be usually sitting on that sofa and i'd say okay so look around the room and every say everything that's metal or something like that and they would and then i'd say okay now close your eyes and tell me everything that's red or everything that's yellow and they would go I like, oh i didn't see anything red or i didn't see anything yellow and, and then they'd look look around after they'd open their eyes and be absolutely shocked that the whole room was yellow or the couch at this massive couch they were on is like fire engine red how'd you miss that you know and, and i mean Amazing, really, frankly, that they missed that. And it often did Shocked the, the bejesus out of them. We're no different. We focus on the things that we deem to be important. And much of that is because of the question we ask ourselves. What's, what's good about this? What's bad about this? Why does this always happen to me? When is this going to stop? Whatever. And your brain is a question answering device. So if you ask it those questions, it will want to answer them. It will try its best, level best, to answer them for you. It may be answers that are totally wrong, but you believe them because you've heard them maybe your whole life. I've said this before, bears repeating, you know, because a lot of these beliefs we are put into our unconscious minds by uh, repetition through what I call amateur hypnotists, our parents and teachers and elder siblings, et cetera. So by asking better questions, you get better answers. What am I happy about? What's good about this? What am I grateful for? Which brings me to the gratitude question. What am I grateful for? If you stop and think about that, you know, little things, clear glass, running water, indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing, amazing thing. You know, stoves that work, you know, refrigerators that work. It really wasn't that long ago that we didn't have refrigerators. Uh, the ice industry um, was something that we had up here in the Northeast and other northern states in Canada, I'm sure. Um, and ice was delivered. There were icemen, you know, that came and delivered big chunks of ice and you put it in your ice box. Didn't have refrigerators, you know, air conditioning. Air conditioning has revolutionized the way we live. Not necessarily 100 percent great, but great. For sure if it's in the middle of a heat wave and you got no <laughs> other alternative it's like yes thank god or whomever <laughs> you know call cold call, call your whoever the inventor is um for air conditioning amazing amazing stuff that we take for granted but when you ask the question what am i grateful for maybe you'll stop and think about those things maybe they'll come into your mind and you can start feeling that feeling of gratitude it's useful It's valuable. It's nice. It's good. Good to feel that sense of gratitude because it helps you remember that we are very fortunate people. If you're listening to this podcast, then you are a very fortunate person not to be listening to this podcast necessarily, but the ability to right, this technology that we have. I'm sitting here standing actually, but, you know, talking into a, a computer in upstate New York and wherever it is that you're listening to it at whatever time you're listening to it. It's kind of neat that you're able to do that, isn't it? And many other podcasts by many other people for entertainment purposes, for learning purposes, for anything else. What are you grateful for? Write it down. Be aware of it. Be aware of it and let it guide you. Let it help you feel like, yeah, as much as I maybe need to make more money, need to have more clients, maybe I need to you know do more things. Right now, I'm very fortunate aren't you? So you can do that by asking those questions. I would love to make a morning ritual out of asking questions like, what am I happy about? What's what's good in life? And what am I grateful for is one of my favorites. And we also want to be able to balance that with the idea of looking towards what it is we want to accomplish, to manifest, to focus on Like, for instance, getting more clients and earning more money and various things that we as coaches, you know, want for ourselves and and deserve to have. But how do we how do we manifest that? You know, if I want to begin going to the gym every day and do the ease process for that, perhaps um, any number of things that we can say, I'm grateful for what I have. And I also would like to move in this direction to accomplish these other things as well. So in. Ericksonian hypnosis, there is this concept of having both at the same time, that your conscious mind likes to work things in an either-or kind of logic base, that your other than conscious mind, as Dave Dobson re- referred to it, is perfectly amenable to a, um, a both-and awareness, that things can both be good and bad at the same time, black and white, off and on, in and out at the same time. doesn't make sense, consciously. To the conscious mind, it makes sense. Like, can't be off and on at the same time. That's ridiculous. Black and white at the same time? No, it's black or white. Everybody knows that. The other than conscious mind goes like, Yeah, okay, <laughs> it's it's good. So it's it's a really valuable thing to have this both and awareness um, in a variety of circumstances. Um, it's not all or nothing. It's not black and white. It's it's not good or bad. It's it's both good and bad. It's a very valuable um, come from. Place to be coming from and when it comes to the feeling of gratitude i think that sometimes i can get to the place where i feel like i don't need anything else and there's truth to that i think it was the oh gosh which comedian was it there's a comedian joey uh, some people know um, he said i have all the money i need i have them i have the money i have all the money i need for the rest of my life Unless I buy something, if I buy something, know bets are off. But I have have all the money to last me for the rest of my life, unless I buy something. Um, Yeah, and and you know, sometimes when I'm feeling real gratitude for things, I feel like yes, I have everything. I've I've got indoor plumbing. I've got a phone with clear glass on it. I've got electricity, and I've got a piano. I've got a a wife who loves me, and you know, I've got everything I need. Right? And I'm intensely grateful for every bit of it, let me tell you. And I also want to make more money. Right? Don't you? We all want more. We all want more. And there's nothing wrong with that. So the idea of saying that I can be grateful and I can also hold out this vision for creating you know, more in my life is perfectly acceptable. You do deserve to have more. Um, it's great to feel grateful at the same time, isn't it? Sometimes we get so caught up in working towards the things that we want that we forget how much we already have. And it's really useful for that. Now, I'm talking in general concepts here, but of course, this is the, the uh, Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. This is about how do we manifest this for ourselves and also how do we talk about this to our clients. And hopefully this is kind of a demonstration of how you might talk about it with your clients. When you tell stories like this, clients tend to think in terms of you know, how it relates to them. What are they grateful for? What have they had similar situations, similar experiences? So you, this is exactly how you talk about it with clients. And then you can also you know prescribe maybe for a week or 21 days or you know very many days it takes to build a new habit, that they start their day with a, like a gratitude journal or end the day. It's a great way to end the day as well, by the way, a gratitude journal when you're going to sleep at night to think about all the things you're grateful for. It's a great way to go to sleep at night. So that is my epistle for today. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And by the way, just real quick, um we are going to be having a summit in a few weeks, but we, I think I mentioned this, d- decided to postpone it until September because um, people are going away people are away a lot maybe you're listening to this on a beach someplace and that's great but uh people will want to be there for the whole i hope in a day it's one day but it's still going to be a day of action-packed fun-filled uh, talks and interviews and demonstrations and things from the um, coaching world called the how to make a lasting impact summit i think we're just calling it the lasting impact summit but It's in response to a survey I did a few months ago about, you know, what would you most like to learn? And people said, I'd like to learn how to make a lasting impact. So the Lasting Impact Summit will be coming your way shortly. But for right now, thank you for tuning in to here. And I hope to see you again real soon. This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com.